Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a great week. Brett, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. Hanging, hanging. Um, it's good to be over the trauma series. Yeah. That was a little... It was intense. That was intense. And I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I don't it. know that we conveyed how intense it was, but sort of the work that went into it was it was very um, enlightening and you know, a little difficult at times. I think enlightening is a really good word for that. Um, there was definitely, there's some things that I learned that I did not know. And I was able to even learn for myself from my trauma. But also, I think that by doing that, I've, I've actually, I feel like I have more empathy for those who suffer trauma, whether it be two-legged, four-legged, mm -hmm. including myself. So I, I think it was really good, and I've just, I've been so fascinated that I would love, I, I think my goal is to specialize in trauma. Mm -hmm. I just find it so fascinating, and every case is so different. And sometimes the way you have to go at it's different, which keeps it, you know, really fun, uh, at least for me. Not that it's fun that dogs have trauma, <laughs> but... For me, putting that puzzle together yeah. and then getting to study and I just, even on vacation, I was listening to a trauma series on human mm -hmm. trauma because most of our studies come from humans in the dog world. But even on when we were on vacation, I was listening to this trauma series and it was just so fascinating that I just want to dive deeper and deeper and deeper, which is what I'm hoping to do this month is dive deeper into trauma and how things um really just how the brain functions and and how that plays a part with everything else in our body yeah and I think you probably you learn some things just by listening to my stuff and then just having to talk about it mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully it helped you with some things and hopefully it helped our listeners not just their dogs but helped them as well. Yeah, I think it can trans. It translates over. So definitely, yeah, definitely. The difference is we can talk about our trauma and dogs can't. Mm -hmm. We can recognize what it is, and dogs don't necessarily. And so, uh, it, I mean, there are times I feel like biting people. Nice. I mean, you know. Well, I think that in a way we do right when we lose our temper, when we scream at our loved ones. When we throw things, you know, we're, we're being reactive. And I think that we have to recognize that there's something behind that. And not just trying to be better about not being reactive, but really asking, why was I that reactive? Mm -hmm. Right? What happened today? And the thing is, is 
maybe nothing really happened today. Maybe it's just built up all week. Yeah. Right. And you just, yeah. you overflowed. So, you know, give you, give your guy, give your guys, you guys need to give yourself some grace and, you know, some patience dealing with yours, patience dealing with your dog's trauma. And one of the things I had a client recently say, you know, I'm doing better at like yelling at my dog, but I still find myself doing it. And you could tell they were kind of beat up about it. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, as humans, we're going to screw up. Our dogs are going to screw up. The, the most important part is you recognize it, accept it, apologize to your dog, and then move on. Yeah. Shame's not going to help anything. Not at all. Just move on. Do better next time. And create those new habits. And it takes time. You can do five, six sessions with me. You're still not going to be completed when I'm done. Right? It's a process. The trauma's a process. Everything is going to be a process. So with that, I'm sad the trauma series is wrapped up because I did thoroughly enjoy it. And I really hope you guys did. I think that, you know, funny, the downloads and listens are not as high as some of the others because I don't think a lot of people realize that their dog suffers from trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, mostly our biggest podcast um, episodes that are listened to are things about walking, distractions, coming when called, you know, those type. Well, typically podcasts that start with a trigger warning, you know. Okay, it can maybe turn some people off. They might not, that might not be so attractive. That is true, but it's, it's good information. And I feel like a lot of dogs, especially dogs in the rescue world, have trauma, and we really need to be aware of that. Um, and I think it's important that rescue groups learn what trauma looks like and the best way to help their, the dogs in their care while looking for the forever home. Because I think that any dog that has been in a home and then removed – it's going to suffer some trauma. It might be a small T. It might be a big T. So I just think that it's it's more uh, an issue than people think, right? So yeah, that's what I got on sure. that. So before we jump into, we're doing listener questions and um, a little bit of talking about our vacation. I, it's a little getaway, mm-hmm. and we took the dogs with us. I've got a quick announcement that we need to make. Mm-hmm. We, well, not we, me. Um, I am going into a major surgery on um, May the 4th, which is when this will come out because we're a little late. I will be out probably for a month. Maybe not that long for the podcast, but I just want you guys to know that there may be a week or two where we don't release a podcast episode. Please don't leave us. Keep, you know, keep following so you get emails and you get alerted when a new episode comes out. We may have some episodes coming out with Gray and Amanda. It may not be me or we may not have one. I just want you to be aware 
but I'm hoping by the third week I'll be ready to get back on and talk uh, because I'm going to miss it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take this time to do some more study. I'm going to treat it like a sabbatical. You know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Maybe we should have put the trauma series out in May. But, you know, I just want you guys to know that that's what's going on if you don't see an episode from us one or two weeks in a row. All right. So everybody give your thoughts out to Brittany, who is going to have to put up with me <laughs> through all of this. I have I have your mom, too. I yes. Think, I think she'll come over and... Bring she, lots of yummy food. Yeah. She might be my drinking buddy. Like, oh, well, that's... Maybe we'll, while you're passed out on painkillers, we'll... <laughs> yeah. Y'all, I'm getting spayed, just so you know. Um, people are getting tickled when I tell them that. I'm getting spayed, but look, I borrowed Clark. Y'all know Clark. Amanda brought me his cone, and I'm going to have Brittany put that cone on me tomorrow when I get home, as I'm all glassy-eyed and drugged up. And we're going to post that picture of me and Clark side by side, and y'all need to let me know who wears it better. I think I'll have to wait till we get home, because if I do it in the parking lot of the hospital, Yeah, no, you'll have to probably wait till Somebody will call, like, adult protective <laughs> services or something. They'll be like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you cannot take They'll her home. They'll call the cops they'll be like this I'm sorry is, we're gonna have to wheel her back into the hospital i just witnessed domestic abuse <laughs> i mean it's, look because clark's picture is really funny his eyes are really glassed over would you say they were hunting and fishing they were hunting and fishing so i'm we're gonna i'm gonna have her posted on instagram and i need you guys to let me know because i'm gonna need to be looking at this to bring me some joy while i'm missing talking to you guys and working with clients I am not used to being alone. I'm not used to being solo. I'm not used. And when I say that is I'm not used to not being social with other human beings or even dogs. I can't have my dogs in the room. I can't have my cats in the room. I'm literally going to have some isolation. This is much worse than my dog getting spayed. So, yeah, that's what's happening. So Uh just, just think about me if you don't mind and let me know if I wear it better than Clark. I don't think I will cuz Clark looks pretty dang cute. But there it is. Yeah. All right. Now, uh do you want to get in the listener questions first or do we want to talk about our little trip first? Sure, let's get into uh questions. All right, let's do it. Cuz we actually have one about trauma. So Excellent. we can start there. Let's do it. All right. So this is from Sarah. I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to use that name. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Um, It doesn't say we can't. That's true. Um, That doesn't mean it's right, but I'm going to do it. I have a dog that has nipped at several of our friends when they have visited. This typically happens after they've been there for an hour and then they get up to move. Does this mean my dog has trauma? And if so, how should I handle this in the future? All right. That's a good question. And it does bring up the thought of could there be trauma there? Being that it's a single incident that's taking place, it's hard to say whether or not there's really trauma there. There could just be some negative association. There could be a little bit of nervousness and fear. Doesn't necessarily mean there's trauma. We would want to look at the rest of the dog's life. You know, what other issues are coming up? Does the dog have um, health issues? Uh, Does the dog have... uh, 
you know, nipping issues in other situations? Is the dog fearful and nervous in other situations? So there's a lot of information that I would need to really truly know if it's trauma-based. But regardless, we do need to make sure that we are aware that our dog has this issue and begin the process of helping the dog feel more comfortable. And typically when I see something to where the dog is fine initially and then nips when a person gets up to move, even though they've been in the home, that tells me that more than likely during that hour, the dog was not actually comfortable. Mm -hmm. The dog was getting uh, trigger stacked or stress stacked. The longer the person was there, the more nervous the dog was getting. And then finally, that movement was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. So I'd really say that, you know, does your dog actually enjoy having company? If not, I would do a nice quiet spa room. So when company is over, they get to go in there with music, maybe a little lavender, a special stuffed food toy, something that, that can get them away from that scary. If you think that the dog is just maybe nervous about the movement, then again, one of the things I would do is maybe anchor the dog somewhere to where it's not in the pathway. You can use something like a baby gate so the dog can still be a part of the grouping, but not in the environment to where uh, your guests have to worry about being nipped. Mm -hmm. And putting in some positivity, throwing some treats when the people move. Um, you know, being kind of the backup for your dog, letting them know, hey, uh, Joe is going to go to the bathroom, okay? But don't you worry. Here's some yummy treats for you. Joe's going to ignore you. Oh, here's a yummy bone as, you know, Beth is going to go into the kitchen. Don't you worry about that. So I think that we have to make sure we set our dog up for success and always keep our guest safe. So using like a baby gate's good for that. But but really, I want to know, is the dog actually comfortable, right? Is the dog going up and asking for attention? Is the dog wanting to be petted by these people? Is the dog just overly aroused? Is it a herding breed and feels like that, no, you can't have one person leaving the group because the group needs to stay together? So as you can see, there's a lot more information that would need to come out to truly know what is going on. So perfect example of how we can't take one incident or one situation and try to define what's going on with the dog. We do want to take that history. And, you know, I, I had a, a client the other day who is, who's dealing with some serious behavior issues with their dog and they had, had a trainer come out and he was like, the client was like, I know that I hired you as the right person because that other trainer didn't take notes, didn't ask on history, just started trying to interact with the dog. And that's really the difference between someone who understands, um, you know, how the system works, how the brain works, uh, the genetics and development versus I know how to teach specific behaviors, you know, like walking or sit or stay. So make sure if you are dealing with any type of issue like this that could be a number of issues and it could just be one little symptom, be sure that you are finding the right person to talk to. This is not something your general trainer who does a group class can necessarily do. Your big box stores or your big stores doesn't necessarily have, you know, people that have that education. So be sure you are looking in the right environment. And of course, as I've said a thousand times before, 
if you go to someone to talk about behavior and they talk about using a shock collar, prong collar, e-collar, any type of aversive tool, then immediately run away because they have no idea about behavior or true behavior because that is not what you're going to use to fix any type of trauma or negative association with something or even fear and anxiety, right? You can't zap fear out of a dog. You can suppress and that's very dangerous. So be very careful if you are going to reach out for um, some assistance. Be sure you're reaching out to the right person. And of course, Sarah, we can always help you via Zoom. So you can feel free to reach out uh, with us as well. I should be back for Zooms in about three weeks, right? Hopefully. You should be. Yeah. So thanks for that question. Um, doesn't Kim Brophy has herding dogs. She has herding breeds, right? Uh, she, I think, has one, but she mostly has livestock guardian. So was it her that also has a dog that nips, would nip or herd people when they came into the house? And so she would s- sort of sequester them, but tell them what was going on and they got a bone and... More than likely, it probably was. If not, it was someone similar. Yeah. So um, it was not necessarily that the dog was uncomfortable. So I don't, I mean, obviously, Sarah didn't tell us what breed she has. Um, But it wasn't that the dog was necessarily uncomfortable that someone was there and was hurting them and nipping. It was just by the time they got up they had been so like hyper focused on these people it was like all right now I gotta do my job because you know you have to give direction to certain dogs yes so it it wasn't even necessarily an anxiety right issue. it's just a it just, it's just a natural it was genetic, a genetic instinct so I think um yeah when when I read that I thought well you know if it's it's a herding breed there's a good chance this dog's just like cool cool i'm gonna get up and do my work well because if you watch if you have four people six people eight people in a room and they're all together and the dog is sitting there watching them like you gotta all stay here yeah and then one goes to leave the pack nope nope you gotta come back yeah i think you know you've got to watch your dog's body language absolutely and see you know what how are they how are they responding to this situation right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Glad you brought that up. No, I just remember that story and I thought it was great because, um, and, and I know Kim does it. I think, I think it was her that gave this example. Um, but she tells, you know, she tells her dogs, oh yeah, hey, that's so-and-so, you know, this is what we're going to do now. And just sort of talks to her dogs and doesn't make it. Like, it's sort of a non-issue. Like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And that's who that is. And thanks for making me aware. But, by the way, let's go do something else that's more productive. Yeah, that is actually the Mr. Rogers hack. So, family dog uh, mediators, it's one of the hacks that we use, is um, a Mr. Rogers hack. Where you talk to the dog as if you're Mr. Rogers, explaining everything. And that's one of those great things. So, yeah, more than likely, that's exactly who you heard it from. You know why Mr. Rogers did that, right? No, why? Um, so he had a a child who was blind who would listen to the show. And Mr. Rogers would talk about the fish that he had. And this child was concerned about the fish. Like, 
if he was feeding it, what he was doing, like, is the fish okay? And so Mr. Rogers started explaining everything he was doing, for instance, and now I'm feeding the fish so that his blind fan would know exactly what was going on. And yeah, I had no idea. That's why Mr. Rogers did that. Oh, yeah. That's really sweet. So his visually impaired and uh, blind fans would know what was going on. That is fantastic. Thank you for that bit of information. I'm going to cry. Don't I, cry. I effing love Mr. I, Rogers I, so I effing, much. effing love Mr. Rogers. I just, putting the F word beside Mr. Rogers seems <laughs> sacrilegious. I don't know. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I know. We dropped the F-bomb left and right, and you're like, I can't with Mr. Rogers in the same no. sentence. It's like Steve Irwin. Like, what are you? No, you can't you do can't that. You can't do that with Steve Irwin? No. God. Oh. Wholesome. 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 Wholesome humans. So there you go. So there's the Mr. Rogers hack. And I think that's actually a really good thing to do for any dogs that are nervous, right? Because keeping them kind of engaged to your voice and giving them some comfort with your voice, if your voice is comforting, and just kind of letting them know what's going on. And that's part of what I talk about being the tour guide, really just talking. And and it's not about giving commands. It's just about helping the dog feel comfortable in the environment by being connected to your voice. Because let's be real, they're not going to understand, you know, oh, I'm feeding the fish. They will over time. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of the thought motivation behind it. So, great. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'm going to let you read the next one because um, reading out loud is not my forte. Because it's a longer question. Well, I mean, in school, okay, I was that person that panicked when I got called on. No problem. All right. This is from Megan. She says, hi, I am an avid fan of your podcast. Thank you. And wondered if you might be able to answer a question I had. I have an almost two-year-old Whippet who I brought home in September. Congratulations. She has some mild reactivity to other dogs in certain situations, but not always. This manifests by her leaping repeatedly three to four feet straight up into the air and sometimes howling a little when she sees other dogs. That's a very whippet thing to do. It is such a whippet thing. I'm like picturing it. I'm like, what? Well, yeah. I actually saw a whippet today, which is very weird. You don't see many of them. No, I haven't seen Saw that. one today I on a patio, one in actually, a long time. in a restaurant. So, okay, we have come a long way with this, and it is mainly only an issue in our own neighborhood or when she comes across a dog very unexpectedly when out and about. She recovers quickly, and she's doing better but still has her outburst. We are working on using the one two three pattern game right now, and that seems to be making a difference also. Excellent. She also generally does not have this issue at parks at training classes, in pet stores, etc. She can play with and greet other dogs very politely and appropriately in those scenarios. I have noticed that if I am forced to walk past another dog and she begins to get a little overexcited, if I pick her up and carry her past the dog, she is able to handle the entire situation far, far better. When I put her down again, she is calmer and seems to feel more secure. My question is, Is it detrimental for me to do this on occasion? 
I know it doesn't really teach her how to cope in these scenarios where she has to pass other dogs, but I am wondering if it's an okay option when I'm in a situation where I have no other choice but to pass a dog in tight quarters and she is quickly reaching her threshold. Thanks so much for any help you are able to offer and thanks so much for your podcast. I look forward to it every week. Thank you, Megan. This is a great question. Here's my first Here's my first question back to you, Megan. When you tell me that first, when you tell me that she gets excited or reactive to neighborhood dogs, but she can play, she can go to training class and do those things. My first question is is it a true reactivity based on fear? And nervousness or is it I'm just excited to see a dog and this is how I'm communicating that mm-hmm. that's the first thing I'm going to look at kind of to see what's the best pathway to helping her overcome this what I'm thinking is I'm using the magnet technique where I'm putting the magnet on the nose which is the treat on the nose I'm rewarding constantly as I'm passing by but because we don't know exactly what is happening and and again and it's not unexpected for a dog to freak out a little bit when just like out of the blue a dog or a human pops out yeah that's going to startle everybody and and being startled is very normal it's as long as they recover quickly we're good but i would say that in this situation is it detrimental for you to pick her up to get past i would say no because when you look at picking the dog up, if it calms the dog and it gets you past that situation, it's truly no different than using something like a magnet technique mm-hmm. with that treat on the nose just to get past. We just kind of use it as an emergency technique of there's nothing else I can do. Think of it as an oh shit technique. <laughs> That's what I'm going to start calling it. Oh shit technique. I got to get past this dog. But with a dog, like a whippet, who's going to be closer to the ground, that magnet technique may be more challenging. So I'd say if you can pick the dog up and it calms the dog down just to get past, I have no problem with that. I don't think it's causing any negativity. I don't think that it's going to take you backwards in any way. I would say, though, that if your dog can play nicely, it might be an excitement. So what I would do in that situation is maybe set it up to where you, uh, you know, have another dog that's a distance away and as she sees the dog and before she gets excited, giving her permission to go greet the dog so she learns that if I'm calm, I have a chance to greet the dog versus I'm going to bounce up and down because I'm so excited to see the dog. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't know exactly what the motivation is behind it, but a few things to think about. But to answer your question... Simply, no, it's not detrimental. If you need to pick your dog up and carry it past, absolutely just fine. So thanks for sending that in. Awesome. And we've had that for, I think, a, a couple of weeks. So sorry it's taken us so long. Um, I, you guys are doing great at emailing us questions. And sometimes I can give a quick answer back email. But typically, I'm going to try to start holding some of these questions just for our mm-hmm. listener questions. Yeah. Um, I'd love to start doing listener questions monthly. So you just guys have to send in your questions and then I'll hold on to them and we can go through them. So anyway, I, thought, I hope that I answered everybody's questions. And for those that didn't answer those, ask those questions, maybe it gave you some insight about something. So uh, something you may be dealing with, but we love to get questions from you guys. So just know, please 
send your questions in and we'll be happy. I've, I've had a couple of really nice questions come through um, in the past couple of weeks that I have been able to answer uh, via email, mm -hmm. but I would like to really start getting them on the podcast because I think that some people are afraid to write in questions or they don't know exactly the right question to ask. So think about if you do have a question and you send it in, there's probably a hundred other people out there that have the same question. For sure. And you're going to be helping them out. So there you go. We're just going to wrap those listener questions up because we're going to keep this one a little short tonight because, well, I have to get up at, well, before the crack of dawn. And I, I need my sleep. And you have to have your I sleep. Mean, you I get mean, to you get I get to, to sleep. You get to sleep. I get to sleep <laughs> real well. I get to go into oblivion. I'm going to try to have a tea meeting yeah. at 8 a.m. in the morning <laughs> Yeah, at a hospital. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be out. I'll be in la-la land. Yeah. Maybe I'll see some family members. <laughs> uh, don't go that far into the light. Don't go that far. Jesus. Don't go that far in the light. <laughs> Stay don't on this side. Don't go in the light. Stay on this side. Come on now. <laughs> Um, I think the last thing I just wanted to talk about I thought was really interesting. We went to um, out of town a couple weekends ago to go watch softball because I'm completely missing out on the SEC tournament this year. I'm so sad, but I will be at home in bed. I will not miss one game, <laughs> I hope, That's through true. the pain meds. You did, you did time this. I timed well. it well, didn't I? You did. I mean, because all of May is tournament time mm -hmm. and World Series, so – now I won't have to schedule around my clients. I just have to schedule around pain pills. That's all. Mm -hmm. So, but we took the dogs with us, which we don't do very often. This was Meyer's first trip to another location where we spent time. That's true. It was his first vacation. I didn't think about that. Yes. So it, it was his first car ride that was more than an hour. Mm-hmm. Right, so it was, you know, three, what, three hours, three and a half hours. His first kind of stop at traffic, uh, um, not traffic, I was going to say traffic stops. I didn't have any traffic stops this time. Because um, I was driving. Because you were why. driving. <laughs> but first time stopping at rest areas, gas stations, to potty elsewhere. And he did, he did okay. He, he's having some nervousness in the car. We're definitely going to have to use some medication next time we do that. Mm -hmm. But we took him and we were going to be, we got a little Airbnb because we knew that uh, being the first time he was not used to a hotel, I did not want to have to worry about those no the noises because he is noise sensitive. Yeah. And so we got an Airbnb. I took him a mesh crate. I bought him a new mesh crate. Let him try the crate out here at home. He liked it. Took our little camera so that we can watch him. And the, shout out to Amanda for that idea. Right. <laughs> it was a disaster the first night. And we were gone probably less than two hours. Mm -hmm. It was a bad softball game. So we got home early. But it was not a good. It was not good. He was very stressed. He was very nervous. And I think the biggest point or the biggest reason is because I think Isabella was sitting at the back door where he could not see her, and he felt like he was alone. Yeah. And that goes back to that trauma of not having a secure attachment, and the one secure attachment he kind of had, which was his brother, it 
you know, has been separated since. Right. Well, and when you, when you sort of acclimated him to that crate, you had it in our living room where we were all in the living room and he was just like chilling in there. Like, yeah, it's cool. I like, and I mean, he even here, he'll go into his, his bedtime crate. Yes. Or his partly bedtime crate. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. sometimes. Bedtime crate. Um, he'll go in there on his own, but he knows where we are. You yeah. Know, he knows we're there. Yeah. So that was, that was part of the problem too. Is And it's not like we went there and then just dropped him off. I mean, we hung out for a while. We, you know fed them we walked we, we did walked. yeah we we had yeah we did a lot we did some things and then you know gave him a bone in there and yeah he was uh he struggled he struggled I I was I felt really bad and so the next night we left him out mm-hmm. and of course had the camera on left him out and had because he doesn't mess with anything the reason he goes into a crate here when we're not home is because I do not want him sitting at the back or the front windows barking at anything going by. I don't want him practicing that behavior. And getting overstimulated. And getting overstimulated with no one here to interrupt. Because he, he gets, when he gets over threshold, I mean, he doesn't hear anything. Like, he doesn't see anything. He doesn't hear anything. Oh, no. He's just. He is focused on yeah. whatever. I mean, he can't hear himself think. Yeah. His barking is ridiculous. And so that's why I don't leave him out at home. So I thought, okay, there's not a lot of uh, traffic here. There's not a lot of things to bark at. Let's try him. We'll watch him on the camera. If he starts tearing anything up, which I, I really didn't think he would, we'll go back. But he was good. Mm-hmm. He was a lot less stressed when we got home because he was able to be there with his sister and move around. I was more stressed. Yeah, I, I was having you, you check the camera every like 10 minutes. I know. And I was busy. Like three times an inning. I'm like, okay, can you, can you check on the dogs? Can you check on the dogs now? <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to watch softball here. What are they doing? Yeah. Isabella's up on the couch. She's yeah, like. She's chilling. Which whatever. we had a sheet on, by the way. We brought sheets. Oh yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> Let me throw that out there. We're we covering the sheets. We don't go to Airbnbs and just let our dogs. Like, do I mean, even own. though it's dog friendly, I'm like, no, we'll take our own sheets and we can take those home and wash them. But it was really, I think what was the most interesting. And, and here's the thing is we, it was a yard. The backyard had no fence. There were fences on two sides and kind of a fence on the back side, but not really. And I just let Myers go off leash and he didn't go anywhere and he was really good at responding. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing with that. He looked like he was just a damn good dog and he is a good dog. The problem is is the motivation behind him not going anywhere and doing anything was fear. Mm. And I think that that's one thing we need to think about. I appreciate what he was doing, and he enjoyed what he did. He was running. He was having fun, but he listened very well. There were holes that had animals in them. Holes that he would fit in. That he wanted to go into. Yeah. To get groundhogs and things. But he did really well, but it was based because he was too nervous to get out of my sight because it was a new environment. I want to make sure that I create confidence in him to where when we are in a new environment, he's not nervous and he listens and responds 
because he knows what I expect of him. Mm-hmm. So I don't want anybody to be, you know, don't think that if your dog listens for motivation of fear that they're well-trained. They're not. And it's not something we want to see. And the proof of that is when we got home, I let him out of the car <clears throat> and thinking he's just going to run right up to the house with you. He's going in. Well, he saw neighbors. He went and said hi to Tanya. Then he ran across the street to say hi to the dogs again, take a poop. And he wasn't listening for squat. Meanwhile, for the first time ever, Isabella ran from the car to the porch. Yeah, she's like, I want to be in this house. Without a leash. (laughs) And I want you to leave me alone. I hate car rides. This was miserable. I'm tired. I mean. Leave me alone. One of her favorite people was out, like, her favorite person, our neighbor Tanya. Yeah. Was that, and she's like, nope. Nope, sorry. Gotta go. I gotta go inside. And Meyer's like, woohoo. <laughs> and you know, all I did was I just went and got him. And and that was fine. And that, I think, is what made me realize, okay, he minded so well there because it was unfamiliar. And because we even went for a walk on a trail and I let him off a couple of times um, to get in the water. And, mm-hmm. and he listened great. So for me, understanding that, okay, he didn't listen here. Why did he listen so well there? Well, motivated by fear. Here he's comfortable. He knows the environment and he knows where I am because he knows where the house is. So my job in this situation when I come home is to use the longer lead. He's only done that. That's maybe his third time since we've had him Mm -hmm. that he's done that. Then I just have to set him up for success here, but also build that confidence up so that he is listening out in other places because he understands and not because he's afraid that is that's not a fun place to be in yeah I don't want him to be in that yeah does it make me look good yeah for people that don't know what they're seeing just like when people watch e-collar training on videos look how well trained that dog is off leash well the dog's not off leash he's got a shock collar on and you know and they can get popped at any time from Mm -hmm. any great distance I had nothing on him including a he had no collar on a leash I have my verbal commands. Obviously, it was safe to do that. I wouldn't do that on a in the front yard on a busy road. I didn't take him up to the front. You got to play it safe, but the whole point of that is you want your dog to listen because they understand what's expected and you built that relationship and it's not out of fear or nervousness. You know, I mean, I'm glad that he sees me as his secure attachment and he does want to stay close to me and I love that. I just want to make sure it's balanced out. Yeah. But he did have fun. He was he was a good boy. And then he ended up doing really, really well. Then what was really cute, and I wish I'd had a picture of the look on your face, is the living room that we had, there was this chest, this like large, almost like a cedar chest, right, mm-hmm. that they were using as a coffee table. And just out of the blue... Myers jumps up on it. She stands all four. Never jumped up on a table before. <laughs> Not on our coffee. I mean, he's never jumped on our coffee table. And it's much lower than that. Right. Right. He could. He could. You're right. He has not. And you looked at him really funny. And even I, for a second, was like, huh. That's weird. Well, I was like, well, I'm kind of great for your confidence. But, huh. That's the coffee table. But then you and I started talking about it. Yeah. You have a bench 
that sits in front of the bed. That's very similar to the chest yep. slash bench. Yep. That was there. That yep. he, I have a, um, like a faux fur rug across that he love. like he loves to lie there. He did today after his bath. Yep. That's like, he loves to just chill on that thing. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. And we both were like, and who was it? Was it you? Yeah. That said, I was um, like, oh, it's a chest. It's like the bench. In I front was of- like, it's not a coffee table. No. It's a, I call it a bench. It's not a bench. It's a chest. It's a chest. Yeah. And so in that situation, I said, okay, so that makes sense why he jumped up there. There was nothing on it except like the remote controls. So I put his bed up there. Because he saw me open it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How funny. Yeah, I like put his bed up there. he sees me open the one at the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk, and I said, we need to talk about this on the podcast, because mm-hmm. in situations like that, many people would freak out and yell and get all over their dog for that. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh my God, you just jumped on the coffee table. Your dog doesn't know if that's a damn coffee table or a chest or a, just a piece of wood that's in the middle of the floor. Before you start screaming and yelling, think it through from your dog's perspective. Yep. And so what we did is, okay, I just put the bed up there and he would jump up there and lay down and just hang out. Yeah, so I mean, I'm thinking about him at, say, my mom's house or Amanda's house. I'm thinking, like, thinking about their coffee tables, right? Like, he's never jumped up on their tables because... It doesn't have a resemblance. Like, it, there's no association. Like, all right, that's the table I'm not supposed to get on, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, dogs are going to pick up those visual cues. That's survival, right? You're going to have to pick up what this looks yeah. like, what that looks like. Oh, you mess with this animal, you don't mess with that animal. Mm-hmm. You know, they learn through trial and error, but we have to look at that and go, oh, well, that looks just like the bench at home. That makes sense. And I sleep there sometimes. Right. So instead of yelling at him or making him get off, I just put his bed up there. <laughs> Which he loved. Right. And he did. He enjoyed it very, very much. And so I wanted to bring it up to, to before you guys react towards your dog at something that looks really odd or out of the blue, think of it from your dog's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if your dog's never done that in any situation whatsoever, okay, don't make it a big deal. Don't correct the dog. Don't punish the dog. You can interrupt the dog, redirect the dog, and then just move on. Could mean that their confidence is building. Exactly. That's what I... And they're trying new things. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun whenever I tell people, oh, yeah, if your dog hasn't countersurfed, once they build that confidence up, they probably will. And sure enough... They do. We want to see that. We want them to try new things, right? So that's... uh, Because when we want to teach them new things... We don't want them to be afraid to make the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And they are going to if you punish them for making wrong choices on their own when they're trying to problem solve. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I just thought that was really interesting. It it just kind of took me by surprise. I just kind of looked at him. I was like, huh. He just stood there. That's interesting. Just looked at him. Never us. seen that before. And then it just clicked. Like, oh, yeah. Looks like the bench. Even though there wasn't a cover on it. Still looked like, like the bench. But he, he did see me open it. Yes, and that was probably the the key. Because when I'm, even today, like doing laundry and cleaning, and that's where I store extra blankets, he saw, like he saw me open it, and I put extra blankets in there that were, you know, in, so. Yeah. He saw me do the same, he's like, oh, I guess that's, 
guess that's where I sleep. <laughs> I love that. So there's a little bit of some more information just for you guys to think about. And uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Yeah. And I'm going to miss bed. you guys. We're going to go to bed. We're going to go to bed. Um, I have to go shower and uh, go to bed and try to get some sleep. And um, I'm going to miss you guys. Please uh, just be patient if we don't have anything out for a couple weeks. I'm going to try to get um, Amanda and Gray and them to do some um, on their own. We'll see because they're, they're having to pick up the slack because I'm going to be out. Mm-hmm. So just be patient with us. We do appreciate you guys. I will try to keep up doing some things on Instagram once I'm up and running again. Um, I'm going to be sitting in bed. She's got me a nice table to work on. I'm going to use this as a time to study and work on the book and do all these things. So uh, just be patient. Make sure you are following. Subscribe wherever you listen so you are going to get the alert when a new episode comes out. Uh, If you're not following us on social media, please do so. You can find a lot of information there, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Be sure you follow us and uh, check out all the things we have coming up. Check out our membership. Um, The membership is going a lot of fun. We had a membership Zoom meeting tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get a free monthly uh, Zoom meeting with me or Gray um, as a group. But uh, we talk about whatever you guys want to talk about and answer questions. And if you're a member, you also get priority status on getting your listeners Listener question answered. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Check it out. Uh, you got anything to add over there, Myrtle? Just uh, looking forward to these surgeries. Yeah, you're not looking forward to anything. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week, a great couple of weeks. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so please take care of yourself. Do something for yourself. Um, you know, your veterinarians, your doctors, they all can have this fatigue. So, you know, maybe stop by your vet's office, and drop some cookies off, maybe send some flowers, do a little, you know, DoorDash, Uber Eats, desserts. Just, you know, make sure you're taking care of the people you love. Take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of the people you love or take care of the people you appreciate. So just be there for them and be there for yourself. And everybody, please keep Brittany in your thoughts because she has to deal with me doing nothing and being happy about it. Have a great week.